the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Got a big seminar coming up right around the corner in Palo Alto in February. You can sign up for that at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. Use code Radio 25 to get them free. Um, it finally happened, in my opinion. The market is no longer reacting to the China trade war or the Iranian. I almost want to call it a missile crisis, but I'm not quite sure what we called that. Um, we're kind of looking at things on the valuation level now. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. We're into earnings season. We're seeing some companies slip and they get punished. That tells you that when you slip and get punished, beaten, broken up, crashed, when you get that kind of drama, it tells us, oh, we think that stock might have been overpriced. Because it wasn't that bad of a mess, for instance. Goldman Sachs and Target on the weaker side. Um, I guess you could say as we move in earnings season, you start to separate some of the boys from the men, the wheat from the chafe. I don't know what any of this stuff means, but earnings season is kind of, it's a great evener. Target shares plunged today. I've been talking a lot about Target recently. I don't own any, but they had an easy kind of year to cover. They're doing great in e-commerce. They're kind of figuring out selection inventory this year. And that is a year-to-year kind of situation. But they've also done some initiatives that have really paid off, like pick it up at the curbside. Um, You pre-order, you get into a a parking space, maybe it's 116. You text them, you're like, ooh, I'm out here, 116. So it's a company that's easy to talk about, but it's a company I don't own. It's still in the world of individual stocks. I don't know how many retail stocks you could own. I think Home Depot is certainly a candidate. Amazon is certainly a candidate. Target makes the list for sure. But then you start getting in like some things that you really want to have, like a Lululemon. Or is Nike a retail play? Or is Visa a retail play? Every time you swipe your credit card at retail, doesn't matter. If it's Target or if it's Walmart, Visa still makes that transaction dollar. So Target said same-store sales were up just 1.4% during the holidays. The retailer said toy sales were about flat. Sales of electronics were underwhelming, but apparel and beauty had gains. Um, just a quick thought here. Yeah, playing with this concept a little bit longer. Christmas is no longer a December shopping event. 
it feels like it starts in October. So maybe some of these numbers are kind of smoothed out with Target. You'd have to get on the conference call to get a good feel for that. The company said that despite missing the market, it's maintaining a prior outlook for the fourth quarter earnings. It also said the final three months of 2019 remains on track to meet Target's 11th consecutive quarter of same-store sales gains. So when you start looking at inside the numbers, it's not as dramatic as it sounds. Target shares plunge. The old plunge is not a word that you want to associate with stock markets or stocks that you own, right? Oh, my, 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 my. Um... I don't want to talk about the PG&E story. Just, bleh. Still far from over, the drama with PG&E. Stocks drift higher before the U.S.-China deal signing. It's always interesting to use, uh, to mix some of these words together. U.S.-China deal signing, for some reason, does not come out all that great. Larry Kudlow, he's the National Economic Counselor for Donald Trump. He's a top economic advisor. He's got some plans for further tax cuts later this year. Uh, that could cause the market to quote-unquote rally. But, I don't know. In an impeachment scenario in an election year, I'm not quite sure we get more tax reform done. And our debt. Our debt! Um... Goldman Sachs topped expectations on overall revenue but missed fourth quarter profit. The bank's costs are rising due to litigation expenses and investments in technology. Goldman Sachs used to be almost too good for the average consumer. They dealt with very high-end retail clients. Um, And now Goldman Sachs is kind of saying, we kind of need that middle class. And they're marketing more towards them, and that costs money. So, um, Goldman Sachs bond trading revenues grew 63% last year. Bank of America's grew 25%. I like the financials because we go nowhere as a stock market unless the financials maybe kind of sort of lead. Um, they're too important not to. So, they do big business. And if they're clicking, that tells you something positive about the overall economy. Again, not always, but it trends that direction. U.S. producer prices barely rose, so the inflation's not an issue. U.S. producer prices edged up in December as a rise in the cost of goods was offset by weakness in services. The latest indication of tame inflation pressures that could allow the Federal Reserve to keep interest rates unchanged this year. That's you know it's weird we're already halfway through january wow like i don't know about you but that's a, that's a wow thing four percent of the year 2020 is over over nothing is over until we say it is was it over when the germans bombed pearl harbor germans Yes, one of my favorite movies. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. United Health topped earnings expectations. BlackRock clobbered earnings expectations. So it's earnings season. We saw the Mortgage Bankers Association report a 30% surge in weekly mortgage applications. And that included a 16% increase in purchase application volume. That's pretty good. It's pretty good activity, huh? Um, 
A phase one trade agreement between the U.S. and China will be signed today about 8.30. So I figure if that goes as planned, it'll probably be more like 9 o'clock Pacific time. We'll see if there's any tone that comes after that signing. Like a tweet. Might say something positive or negative. Might say something challenging. Like, you know, we expect China to honor this deal. Yeah. Or we're going to build great things together. Yeah, right? That's kind of how it works. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Oh, back to Target real quick. Um, The stock's up almost 85% in the last about 40 weeks. So when it's down 6%, are we that stressed when it's up on a yearly basis? Or are we caught up in the moment? Who are you? What type of investor are you? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up on in Palo Alto in February. You can sign up for the event by going to Rob Black Show. That's Rob Black Show. Use code Radio25 to get in for free if you've never been to an event. You've been to more than three events, please don't come. Because uh, we need to save the space. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Bitcoin's having a good start of the year. It's a weird statement to say out loud. I thought they'd kind of gone away. Um, But it's back. Gaining about 20% in two weeks. World's largest virtual coin. Little Mario coin. Rallied after climbing out of the downward price channel. So it's up 9% essentially. Um, Just breaking out right now. So with that breakout. So uh, when Bitcoin goes up, alternative coins also do well. I own no Bitcoin. I have no interest in owning a Bitcoin. Uh, to me, it just feels a little too Wild West. So, and again, I err on the side of caution. I do moderation moderately. Like, that's why I'm a good investor. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Bank of America stock not doing great. I always find that kind of interesting because... Uh, they really, I'm not going to say they haven't recovered from the 2008 financial crisis, uh, but it feels like that took out a lot of mojo for the financials. A lot of mojo action. 800-516-1220 calls in the air. You know who's kind of disappeared and I'm pleased about that is Susie Orman. Not a big fan of hers. I think she did wonderful things, opening a lot of financial doors. I don't think her advice is is. is accurate. I don't think it's insightful. And I think it's pretty insulting. So one piece of advice from her, she's got money dues and don'ts. Uh, Don't buy a home too quickly. Home ownership, part of the American dream, I get it. Sue says sometimes it makes sense to own a home. And sometimes, depending on where you live, it makes sense to simply rent. I don't think that's all that insightful. 
uh, one of the lines that I, th- I think is actually pretty insightful. For some reason, I've never understood why Americans can't figure out car leases on if you should do it or if you shouldn't do it. Um, financing a car is fine. I'm fine with that. Leasing cars fine. If you're one of those people that loves n- newer vehicles, it's not a good financial decision. Buying a used car is the good, best one out of all of those. Um, don't co-sign a loan, Sue says. I agree with that one. I, or at least think very heavily on it. And this is where we get into trouble with a radio show, is that everyone is so different. In my earlier college days, I had a female friend who had a car that, eh, I think her boyfriend may have crashed it or something like that. And I, I think I had a crush on her, and I thought, hey, if I can, co- her parents wouldn't do it. The guy wanted to help her. No one would help her. And I was like, well, I've got good credit. If I co-sign, maybe she'll like me. The way women made me motivate financial decisions in my teens and early 20s, it's shameful. It's, it is what it is. Um, but I guess we all have things that we throw away money on, right? Virtual reality headsets, video games. Oh, boy. There's one. Big regret. Uh, my son, I gotta have the new Star Wars game. Gotta have the new Star Wars game. I'm like, okay. If you're good, maybe Santa will bring you the new Star Wars game. After about 10 minutes, he didn't want it anymore. How many of those decisions in your life can you, do you wish you can go back on? But anyway, I co-signed a loan for a friend. That it could ultimately go bad. So I think there's some things in your life that you can do to put yourself into a better financial situation. Um, co-signing a loan for a 20-year-old college student, probably not the smartest financial decision. Because the last time I checked, college students didn't have jobs and no ability to pay back a car. In the end, it didn't turn out too poorly. She ended up getting married. and uh, Wow, she has an interesting story on her marriage. Fell in love with one of the richest families in the state of Virginia. Made a baby with him. Then they got married. Um, and that's when the dad kind of got involved and set up a trust for her. That in case they get divorced, she can't go after the inheritance. And all states are a little bit different with issues like this. But she signed a trust that was ultimately a bad deal. And that's an odd thing to say because she didn't have any money before the relationship. Why should she get something after? Well, because she was a mother. She housed a baby in her body. She brought it to term, healthy, an heir, so to speak. And uh, to me, a mother is the most amazing. It's, it's, it's almost godlike how, how crazy a woman can have a kid like it's a miracle to me. Um, so she ended up getting a very small amount. And in the divorce, she didn't get taken care of in any way, shape, or form, nor did her kid. So she became a single mom after the divorce. Ultimately remarried like 10, 15 years later. But she also had a special needs kid. Very, very expensive. And the, the trust was set up so that it was like a million dollars. It could be paid out 3% for the next 30 years kind of thing. Uh, it wasn't very much, and it didn't cover the cost of raising a kid. Just throw that out there for you.
I'm going over a list of things that Susie Orman kind of condescendingly tells us not to do. Some of them are good. I, I, I can't, you know, how can I argue the obvious, be careful co-signing with a college student? How about taking Social Security too soon? That's a tricky one. That is a tricky one. I have people who argue with me via email, and I'm, I'm just going to stop taking emails because people are just mean to me, <laughs> to be fair. I have people argue with me. They're like, well, I'm taking Social Security the moment I can. So you're going to take less benefits than you earn because you want to get it the moment you can. And uh, he's like, well, my parents died early. And like you said, that probably means I'll die early. Okay, now you're starting to think. At least you're putting some thought into the decision. It's kind of like a job. Retiring is not easy. And you know what stinks even further? And I have to go see my mother again because the foot's coming off. (laughs) What's crazier to me, and I'm going to ask the doctor if I can have her foot and put it in a jar. Because I'm her favorite son. (laughs) That was a joke we used to play with my mamas. Who's your favorite son? She had five boys. Five boys and one girl. Um, So anyway, don't take Social Security too soon because you might live a very long time. Now, my mother had a situation where she got a military pension for my father. So her issue on taking Social Security too early, uh, not an issue. So she's, she's fine. She'll be fine financially. But a lot of people take it immediately, and then they live a long time, and they're like, oh, I should have taken it later. I have a dilemma right now. I'm ready to retire and quit, but I kind of want to work. <laughs> I kind of want to like, keep contributing to Social Security. I kind of want to like, stay in the workforce. A friend of mine, his uh, brother and sister, basically bailed on the family after their dad died, and now the mom needs to be taken care of. So he's taking care of his mom, who's in poor health. I'm taking care of my mom from a distance in poor health, but my sister's doing it in person. You get the idea. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. We're in earnings season. We're also in trade deal signing season. I find the whole baseball story about stealing signs just to be incredibly boring. I know, I know. It's sexy when you say the World Series manager from 2018 and 2017 both got How can that be boring? Eh, it's not my thing. So... Um, sports. Eh. I'm fine with people going to sports and enjoying sports. I just want you to fund your retirement first. Because when you're 60, you're not going to have that option to do a do-over. SP 500 gained almost 28% in 2019. There is a wonderful magazine that I like reading on weekends. Um, you'd call it a newspaper magazine. I don't know. A rag uh, called Barron's. It's, I, I think it's a great gift to someone. Um, I was a kid who loved getting mail. Listen to this craziness. I used to love getting mail so much. I would write letters to Green Bay Packers. Yes, I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. I grew up in Turkey and Germany and Greece. I grew up overseas. So I, it's weird, my sports affiliations. But I used to write letters to Green Bay Packers and like, Dear Lynn Dickey, my name is Rob Black. I'm in third grade. And uh, 
Packers would send me like stickers and like signed pictures and stuff. And to find out their address, you'd have to like buy a football magazine. This is pre-internet. This is pre-pre-internet, right? So you'd have to buy a sports magazine and find out where they, to send it to. But as a kid, I loved getting mail. I think if you get someone Barron's, I think it's a, it comes every Friday, Saturday. Heaven, heaven. And you can go to the mailbox and touch it. I love it. I don't know about you, but I'm all about that. Um, plus, I like Barron's because it's, it's kind of negative and kind of positive. And I love that non-biased. It's not like everything goes up all the time. It will tell you what could go wrong with the stock. And I like that. So at the start of every year, they do what's called a roundtable. And these are the who's who in business finance and investing. And they say, come up with some, I think it's like five names is the basic idea. Or what are your best ideas? Um, and in a year when the market's up 28%, it's going to be tough to be an overall winner. Abby Joseph Cohen, I'm a big fan of hers. Um, she liked New Oriental Education and Technology Group. Now, again, I've never heard of this one. <laughs> New Oriental Education and Technology Group. Okay, you get you hear, you know, what, Oriental Education? Like, is this a school? Is this an app? What is this? Um, that was, stock was up 114% when the market was up 28%. Not too shabby. Northrop Grumman up 40.8% when the market was up 28%. Winner. Uh, tapestry, TPR, down 17%. So you win some, you lose some. In uh, one that makes me want to do a little bit more research... The iShares Global Clean Energy Index, ticker symbol iClean, I-C-L-N, I-C-L-N. I, for some, that's kind of a fun ticker. Oh, that was up 40% last year. So what is global clean energy? Is it a trend that's going to go away? I doubt. Um, so I might do a little research on that one. So I'll use their best ideas list to kind of figure out what I'm missing sometimes and fill in some of the holes of my uh, vision, investment vision. Vail Resorts was up 13.4% last year. Vail Resorts, oh, I, I'm not an expert, uh, but I did some research on Vail recently just for the, sh- the purpose of the show. Skiing's expensive. Your hobbies are expensive is, is going to be this, the story. But Vail is the most expensive ski resort in the nation. Just to get on a lift every day, 160 bucks. That's that's something. <laughs> now it's again, it's pretty heavenly, right? It's no heavenly, but it is Vail Resorts, and they own mountains, and that's a good, that's luxury. I like when you go skiing, you're throwing down a thousand, two thousand dollars, right? As an investment. Don't you always say, have you heard that commercial? Don't you want to be on the bank's side of the fence? Don't you want to be on the Vail Resort side of the fence? But it didn't perform well in an up market. So that tells me, let's think of it more long term, maybe. Are there, is there competition to Vail? Like, is there, are they making more mountains? Are they, are they lowering prices? Is a recession priced in? How about an act of terrorism? A couple of years ago when 9-11 happened, people started extrapolating. 
of what industries would get hit, other than the obvious ones like airlines. If people don't want to fly, they're not going to fly to the veil, is the idea. You see how that kind of links? Um, I remember after 9-11, I was on the air for five hours that morning, but that night I had enough sense to say to a caller, I did five hours in the morning, I did a three-hour show at night, Maybe it was a four-hour show, 6 to 10 or 6 to 9 p.m. I think it was 6 to 10 or 7 to 10. So it was probably three hours. Um, But I said someone called in, and she was crying, and she said, you know, I'm afraid to go out. I said, best thing, because I knew her. She had a beautiful, beautiful, perfect daughter, like good student, charitable giver, like just well-rounded, could talk to adults, could talk to kids. And uh, it was actually kind of cute because her daughter, Lisa, used to make cassette tapes of my show and sell them. And I'm, I'm pro that. I think that's the coolest thing. If you figure out a little business. And uh, she pulled in a couple thousand dollars. I know you're saying, wow, Rob, you sold a couple thousand dollars of, of your shows. <laughs> I know, right? But um, I said, go out with your daughter. Go shopping. And her daughter went to, like, uh, I want to say Columbia. She went to one of the better schools in the nation, and uh, I'd like to figure out what whatever happened to her, because she was there 25 years ago. Uh, she'd call the station and tell my program director how great I was. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Uh, but she's grown up now. I'd love to see where, where she landed. But um, yeah, so like maybe we don't fly is the idea. You know, the best thing you can do if there's ever terrorism is go out and spend money. Best thing you can do for an area hit by terrorism or a natural disaster is go to that area and visit it. Spend some money there. That's what I tried to do. Uh, Jeff Gunlock was on Barron's Picks. And uh, he's usually a pretty, like, he's a pretty spot-on investor. Uh, but it's tough to beat the market when the market's up 28%. He picked the iShares, Morgan Stanley, Country Index, Emerging Markets, EEM. That's one that I own. It was only up 16% last year. Now, again, only 16%? That's not bad. I'm sorry, but that's not bad. Um, but the market was up 30, 28%, right? Uh, Vanguard short-term federal uh, bond fund. Uh, even with some crazy safety. So not volatile, but 4% returns. For a short-term bond fund, it's nice. It's nice, but it doesn't compare to 28%. Uh, but yeah, so I pick up Barron's uh, roundtable every year, and it is—it's like twenty pages where they sit around and chew the fat. Got to watch my words carefully. <laughs> chew the fat, like, uh oh, mixed metaphors could sometimes destroy you. Um, but they chew the fat and they print everything that they're saying. Like Scott Black is one of my favorite. No relationship. Uh, he had one pick last year. Kemet. Uh, KEM up 44.7%. So props, right? Props. Uh, some people on this list, uh, Mario Gabelli. Mario Gabelli. Uh, he was the bomb when I started investing 25 years ago. One of the things I did was I, I found the fund managers that I respected the most. And I used to get, and this is, this is a crazy memory. I haven't thought about this in years. I used to to get shares of 20 mutual funds just so they would write me and send product to me because I wanted to figure out what they were trying to do. Uh, 
So, like, for instance, a Mario Gabelli fund, he's very, very big into fixed income and safety. Um, he's not, he doesn't play games. He doesn't speculate. But to get that annual letter and to get the quarterly update of holdings, top 10 holdings, and to see where they saw opportunity, you can get a lot of information out of a mutual fund prospectus. And you can get a lot of information out of a mutual fund where the fund manager writes a letter to shareholders every year. A lot of information. Some good reading. I wonder if I would do that again if I had to start all over. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Jeremy Siegel is one of those people that I used to follow closely. I guess I still do. Professor of Finance at the Wharton School of Business. Um, He talks economies. And he's one of those kind of celebrity economist professors. So he gets out there and talks about the housing market. gets out there and talks about the stock market. He thinks the stock market goes higher. Um, That's part of his Barron's roundtable output. Um, He does not think the market's undervalued, but he thinks the market goes higher. Um, So he's expressing a kind of a a euphoria of a melt-up, which isn't the best rally. In theory, you want your rallies based out of... How would you say this? In theory, you want your rallies based out of earnings growth, revenue growth, new product, great management... Not necessarily a euphoric melt-up with high valuations. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. little head in the heart. Crisscrossed in the wrong direction. That's a painful one, huh? When you meet someone and you lose a step and... You kind of go the different ways. The head and the heart, I find them interesting, just the sound-wise. I listen to a lot of music. I do a lot of reading, a lot of studying on Wall Street. I listen to a lot of music. The head and the heart. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Markets are melting up right now. That's the phrase that we kind of like to use. When you have the S&P 500 up for six days in a row, six days in a row of hitting records, that's impressive. But I'm a little, uh, looking at it, a little leery. Iran's Rouhani said, danger tomorrow making veiled threats to the United States and European Union troops in the Middle East. Iran is going to flare up again, in my opinion. I'm not a politician. I just look at the history of the Middle East of 2,000 years, and I kind of assume that they were throwing sticks and stones at each other at one point. Now it maybe bombs at some point again, like a big one? Eh? Question mark? So Iran will spark up again, and it will cause you to get stressed about the stock market. It's not the first time. It's not the last time. Russia will pop up again. China will pop up again. This trade deal will get renegotiated sometime, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, or they'll be cheating. OPEC is notorious for cheating. The oil, petroleum exporting countries, 
they, they get together and they robble and they say, robble, robble, robble. Let's, let's pump 1.2 million barrels a day. And they're like, someone will slip in Kuwait or somebody. Usually a smaller country like, well, we're actually going to flood the market with a couple extra barrels so we can make a little more money. Hmm. Elsewhere out there, Microsoft released a patch for Windows 10 yesterday. Threw a lot of people's computers off. But they had to because the National Security Agency found that there had been kind of like a, pa- a flaw that was going to be big. I bring this one up because back in the 1990s when I was investing, companies like Microsoft or Intel could just put out a press release. We've seen our browser downloaded more than any other browser. Ching! Stock would go up 10% on the press release. The United States government's now talking about economic data and how they release information. And they're not going to give it to the media outlets uh, to disseminate the information first and to kind of get it out on a controlled speed uh, so that everyone has a fair chance of knowing. Uh, So our current government's trying to deregulate some industries, and one of them is information releases on Wall Street. And I think that's a bad thing to... um, just let a few key people know and then drop the bomb on the market creates incredible efficiencies. But yeah, Microsoft, eh, this Windows 10 security flaw, no one's probably talking about it. It's not going to be on the news. But that used to be a big thing that could move a stock higher or lower. Just the press release. Nectar Therapeutics withdrew its application for its opioid painkiller designed to treat chronic low back pain. The move comes after the FDA panel unanimously voted against recommending the drug's approval. Drug approval's tricky. Uh, it's a process. You have to get a lot of data, a lot of statistics correct. Um, so back in the 1990s, because people were trying to come up with genetic drugs and moving from molecular science to genetics, uh, there was a lot of companies that started running studies for small biotech companies that had a chemical in development or a, uh, a kind of a developing drug pipeline. So a lot of these companies you could invest in, like all they did was run trials and they would go to 20 biotech companies and say, you don't know how to do this. We run trials for a business. And the biotech company goes, they're kind of right. We got all these great scientists, but so sometimes there's a little offshoot of little businesses. Viacom CBS has reportedly hired George Cheeks, the vice chairman of Comcast NBC Universal Contest Studios, to fill a senior executive role. Success or failure starts at the top. Uh, earlier this week, I was talking about uh, Japan's going to be making a new theme park. Basically, it's a world of Nintendo. <laughs> and they want to get it ready for the Olympics so that when people come over and try to figure out what to do they're like oh let's and they want to create a side hustle to compete with disney i like i like the idea success or failure starts at the top it's like the head of hbo plepler when time warner bought aol time warner hbo owns time time warner owns hbo uh, plepler was the guy who did sex in the city plepler was the guy who did the sopranos plepler was the guy who did every great show on on hbo and he quit when AT&T took over the company. And people were like, ooh, I wonder who's going to be the next head of HBO. And this is kind of important stuff because HBO Max is coming. And they need more content. 
when Game of Thrones ends, people go, okay, now that we had the not very satisfying ending. So Plepler, you know where he went to? Apple. Last week it was announced that he had signed with Apple to be there. Will he be the head of programming? Well, they already kind of have one of those, but I would be, if I was the head of programming now, I'd look over my shoulder. Because Plepler is the man when it comes to uh, product development for television. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Beyond Meat's down today. Interesting call. A downgrade based on valuation. Not a bad call. A little bit ahead of itself with some of the news. They're going into China. They've got relationships with McDonald's. Will that expand? Sometimes these companies need to grow into their valuation. So I'm not against that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Congratulations, everyone. The markets are at all-time highs yet again today. Hopefully, you're benefiting from this show. I'm Rob Black.